That's it. Welcome to another episode of Zusammenheit CP. Hi, Tilly. And today we have uh, these beautiful girls uh, from Emis uh, in Akfar Yarov. Emis is? Emis, they'll explain everything oh, about okay. Emis and the connection to the Charney Resolution Center. Uh, and Sarah, let's start with you. Say who you are, where are you from? Sarah graduated from Emis last year and she's in a gap year now in the, in the school and in the center. So let's start with you, Sarah. Okay, yeah, so hi, my name's Sarah. Um, I'm from the Czech Republic. Um, I was a student at Emis. I'm an alumni, I graduated last year. Emis is uh, the Eastern Mediterranean International School. Um, and it sort of is a really cool school in Israel that has a mission for peace and sustainability. It brings together Palestinian, Israeli, and international students. Um, and it is a partner of the Chinese Center because they have these shared missions of um, peace and dialogue and uh, cooperation. And this year, what I've been doing as a part of my gap year is that I've been um, interning for the Chinese Center, working here and um, sort of coordinating the projects here between the Chinese Center and Emis, um, mainly the peace simulation. So Sarah, please tell us about the, the CAS system and the, the girls a little bit so everybody would have uh, a background of what we're going to talk about and then the girls will present themselves. Uh, and uh, and that's and then we can talk more. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, well, generally, first of all, Emis um, encourages a lot of like student involvement and a lot of student initiatives, um, sort of clubs or committees. And so one of these um, is the Peace Simulation Committee or the Peace Simulation CAS. CAS stands for Creativity Action Service, which are the different types of um, sort of student activity, student engagements that you can have at MS. Um, and the way it works um, in terms of the Chinese Center is that basically I lead the Peace Simulation um, CAS, the Peace Simulation Committee, with a number of students from the school who I interviewed and who I selected. And they, together we build um, the Peace Simulation, which is uh, a project that happens which is for the entire school and it's a simulation of peace talks between a Palestinian and Israeli delegation. So I just want to say that um, the center is planted in Emis in Akfar Yarok and we collaborate on many levels and our uh, flag mission is the peace talk simulation and every every beginning of the year there is a market of uh, ideas for cast uh, in the school and the kids choose which team to, to join and to be active with. And under the leadership of uh, Sari in the center, who is the director of the center, Sarah was working with Sari and was the head of this group, Taufik, we miss Taufik, the, the boy in the cast. And uh, uh, together they were working with Sari on work on the simulation because every year we try something a little bit different to work with the kids and see what works best and how we can really um, pursue the whole idea in a, in a better way. So Sarah, tell us about the cast and girls who present yourselves. Right, yeah, so um, the cast, the committee is made up of uh, four members. Um, this is also how it, how it was done last year. It's not the required number, but it seems to work well this way. 
um, two sort of more international members, international representatives, and um, two locals, so like a Palestinian and Israeli, each of them can represent one of the narratives, um, or sort of a narrative. And um, so as uh, you mentioned, we have to who is um, Palestinian. He's actually um, Arab-Israeli, but he was sort of representing the Palestinian narrative. Um, and then we have uh, Mika, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, okay, so hi, I'm Mika. I'm from Israel. I'm a DP1 student, and this is my second year. DP1 uh, is the 11th grade. Yes, yeah. and I was a pre-DP last year, which is kind of, like it says pre-DP, so it's kind of a program to prepare you for the IB diploma um, yeah the ib system is basically emis is based on is one of the basis of ib uh, international program on the top of it they have the program of emis which is part of the program in israel and on the top of that they have us in the center so they're very busy kids but they can handle it well <laughs> yes. Noah, yeah yeah now Noah and yes so I'm not, I'm, um, I, I grew up in Germany, but I'm also half Israeli and I'm a DP2, meaning 12th grade here. And so I experienced peace simulation as a participant last year. Um, and this year I joined as one of the organizers as well. Yeah, I'm Adele, I'm part of the graduating class, also a DP2. I'm from Albania and uh, I experienced peace simulation last year and I really enjoyed um, applying to be an organizer for this year's peace simulation. So that's a very nice experience. And by the way, just to remind everybody, because we mentioned that from time to time, we're talking about a group of students that 20% uh, of them are Israelis, 20, almost 20% Palestinians and the rest from the rest of the world. They come for two years. They, some of them come for three years to the preparation for the two years. And after that, they're going to college. I mean, everybody goes, they spread all over the world. They go to all kinds of universities that accept their program uh, and the Israelis go to the army. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I have a question yeah. Amy, because you use the simulation. Okay. So in the simulation, uh, you exchange roles like the Palestinian acts as Israeli and Israelis act as Palestinians. Oh, sure. Answer? Um, yeah, I can Sarah, you can do that, yeah. Um, so uh, the simulation is a bit different every year. So, I mean, we always sort of work on the model and we try out different things. But the way we did it this year is that we sort of had a mix. So we encouraged some Palestinians or some Israelis to swap and represent the other side. Um, and in general, this is like, for me, like leading the simulation, I try um, to encourage people to their comfort zone and the sort of narrative that seems to be closest to them but we also um, had some people who were representing like their narrative so Palestinians who are representing the Palestinian delegation and Israelis who are representing Israeli delegation and internationals who are representing you know either one of those two because um, we sort of felt that on one side we wanted to challenge people but on the other hand we also felt that you know, it's easier for people who have sort of personally lived an experience to represent it. Um, so yeah, so it's sort of a combination of those two things, I guess. But I want to say, CP, that this is the sixth year that we are doing it. And um, we changed so much from, from year to year because we're trying to really be very organic about it. We have a 
platform that is very uh, strong and uh, the base is the same, but we try many ways because every group of kids react differently, they're prepared differently, and we, we try to work with everybody their way or our way and, and mix it together. So, um, so the end goal is exchange uh, information. Uh, each group like present is history, the culture, or it's to change attitudes and you know. No, the end, the end goal, the end goal <coughs> is basically sorry, wrong. to try to get uh, to an agreement and to experience the negotiation. Uh, the preparations are a little bit different every year. And every year, I think we prepare the kids more and more and more. They're more informed. Um, and of course, the fact that part of them Palestinians and part are Israelis, um, you, you get closer to this than from the international. But it's, uh, I think it's a very interesting uh, experience, but I rather that the kids will, uh, the kids, they're not kids anymore. I always call them the kids. Yeah, but I wanted to know if, from your experience, uh, did you win? Did you saw, Did you see a attitude change or people change their ideas, especially Palestinian and Israelis? One of you guys want to answer? Um, I can talk about my own experience. So when I had peace relations for the first time last year, I was one of the kids that Sarah had to encourage to be on the opposite side of the narrative because for like I was really insisting to be on the part of the Palestinian delegation. And uh, I happened to be in the Israeli one discussing the topic of Jerusalem. So all the time I was like, hey, could it be that I stay on the Palestinian side because that's the side that I know more of. That's the side that I feel like I have more knowledge about. And then Sarah was like, well, it would be nice to for you to try the other side to see what is actually like to be in the difficult part of discussion of having negotiation talks and peace talks between two sides especially like with the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. So me, I had, I think that my, uh, my vision just broadened up. I had a wider horizon of knowledge regarding the issue and how hard it is actually to be part of these talks and to find some sort of a solution or come to an agreement because you don't only consider, okay, the actual problems that are going on, but while you discuss, you also see like emotional parts or historical parts that like the people are discussing about. Like you can see a Palestinian that's actually talking maybe about a personal experience. Maybe they're talking the experience about a family member, something that has actually happened. So the amount of emotional bargain, but also the aptitude of and importance of the issues that we're discussing, I think it's a very good tool that can help us like broaden our knowledge regarding the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So I felt very enlightened, I'd say. But but did you, I don't know what, what kind of views you had before you came to the school or what knowledge, but did you feel that you changed your attitudes? You were more open to the other side? Yeah. Yeah, and I also felt it uh, as well as like my, I also had some Palestinians and Israelis as well. And I saw that also they had like a whole moment of reflecting that, hey, it's not just the side that I always believed on. It's also the other side that the other delegation is talking to me about that exists. There's a lot more to this issue than what I know and what I've learned. So there was like a whole shift in our perspectives and what we believed in and what we wanted to learn. 
And I feel that I, we all became more open after that activity, peace relation. I have to say something um, because for all of you, because you don't know that and CP is not aware of it. Uh, the school exists only one year more than we are. It's like, we're talking about six, seven years, you know, the whole experience. Uh, it was interesting to see that uh, in the beginning, how the, the, the Palestinian students reacted because it takes time to build trust, you know, and they were, the whole thing was new. They didn't know much. So it changes every year and also it changes personally for the, for the kids. And I think the interaction changes a lot of stuff because they basically share life with you guys every day. In the first few years, we had Dr. Sapir Hendelman uh, handling the, the simulation and uh, we created a system that we uh, allowed Palestinian students even to participate and Israelis in, in simulations outside of the, it's not that we allowed, we created a whole body of simulations outside of Amis and we took the, the local- You mean your uh, other schools? I mean, with the schools in the Israeli and Palestinian system, we had simulations and we had our students also guiding or participating or collaborating and also with the activities that we did with Sapir outside in Tel Aviv, we had our kids, you know, uh, participating because they were like more experienced just to give them an oomph of uh, uh, the real, the real stuff. So there are many ways that we engage with activities in Israel that take place. At the same time, uh, we would like to allow the kids to take more and more a part in the simulation in the school itself in Emmys. By the way, so, Palestinian, you mean Israeli Palestinian? Both. Or, both. Oh, you had Palestinian from the we West Bank even? All the time. Oh, all that's fantastic. Time. So um, let me ask you, so you live together and, you know, friendship, of course, you know, happens. And um, so, so you, can, you become friends. The, I, I wonder if, becoming friends and know that everybody is nice actually a human being and nice uh really is the tensions um in terms of the political climate between the two societies um if it, I, yeah wanna... no, go, we can. i think it's it becomes kind of complicated I think once we're all here, we kind of live in this environment that seems very, at times, not political, because at the end, we come to this realization that we're all just humans, and we all came to this place to live together, and most of us have the same meaning for why we came here. I think uh, sometimes tensions are created. My roommate last year was Palestinian, and we still managed to have a really, really special friendship. And I think actually in the hard times, we got even closer because we were able to discuss the issues that are happening and what it means for our relationship and how we can cope with it. I think we are more in the situation where the tension is less present because we try to support each other rather than adding more um, to what is already happening in the world that is outside of this campus. I think yeah. it creates a very special relationship between us. You think you're going to continue your relationships after school? I think so. I, I really hope so. I think um, it's, it's very complicated because 
like you said in the beginning, uh, most of the <coughs> army, and I know as an Israeli, um, having uh, close friendships with Palestinians can be more complicated after we go out of this place. Um, I know that I want to continue the friendships that I have and the relationships that I have here, and no matter what is the nationality of the person. I think, I hope that the other side will be willing to do the same as me. I really, I want to, I think the friendships I have created here and still will create are very special and unique. And I hope that we can bring the thing we create here, like in the simulation and in our daily life, in classes, in rooms, to the outside world after we graduate. Yeah, but when you go out and back to your societies, now we don't have a real Palestinian here, but you probably ask yourself or ask them, so when they graduate, Amis, and they go back to their place, is the society is able to almost bring them back to their original views, political views? Like if they change now and they can really believe in peace and can really believe in a dialogue and they go back to their society and their society, let's say, don't believe that there is hope. What happened to you guys? Oh, the guys who were in Amis, what do you think? Maybe I can try to answer because I've graduated. So, um, you know, it's kind of already happened. But you me. are here, you didn't go back to your community. Yeah, but my friends did. Um, and okay. um, what I would say is that, I mean, it really depends on a personal level. Like, I think there are people who just kind of go back and reintegrate and, you know, are maybe are also not like super politically involved, like, you know, maybe it's just not what they want to do in life and they don't really want to think about it. Um, but I think there are also a lot of my friends who like are still very close and are also active um, in sort of promoting peace or various kinds of activism or different, you know, collaborative projects. Um, like I have two very close friends. One is Palestinian, one is Israeli. Um, the Israeli girl is serving in the army and they're like international relations. The Palestinian one is at university and they're still very close. So, and they still oh, talk. Oh, she's in the army. It doesn't influence the fact that Israelis are going to the army and they can yeah. end up in the West Bank, right? it does i think um from my experience uh, my israeli friends a lot of them it made them think about serving in the army some of them um try to opt for roles that are not like combative roles you know so like i have friends who do like they're teachers in the army or they're i don't know photographers or like things like that that will that they feel like they can still serve their country in that way because they might still mm -hmm. see like a value to um like service to their country and to they might see the point of having the army but they also don't want to sort of support some of the um more like militaristic aspects of it. So they don't want to be active soldiers, for instance. I have to say that in general, <laughs> the students of Emmys are very strong opinionated. They're very uh, uh, active people and uh, with a high responsibility towards the society. And it's, it is, we all remember that at the end of the school, the Israelis go to the army and the Palestinians go back home. But, um, there are many ways that we all get in touch and we stay in touch and uh, some of them are uh, uh, presenting uh, the center and collaborating between the center and project in the world and also with, uh, with Emmys. Not everybody, but many and we also Palestinians and 
everybody is carrying something else and everybody is a little bit different when they finish and they graduate and they move to the world. And it's very interesting to see how they go all get involved. Uh, but I, you know, girls, I would like to go back to last year. Because last year, the pandemic, the war in Gaza, you were stuck at school, you were stuck in the shelter, which is the center. And together, all the Israelis in the, this room, right, in the Palestinians. How was it? What took place? I think um, from my personal experience, it was extremely interesting to see because the when the tension started before the rocket started and the siren started and we had to go to the bunker bunker in the middle of the night, you could really feel the tensions also gradually increasing on campus because everyone, like you have to imagine, almost half of the school was personally involved in what was happening and people really had polarized views and you could feel how kind of that rubbed off on their personal life. And as Mika said, you once you live together, you kind of forget that there's a lot of tension because you do, you know, you have your daily life together. Um, but then if something triggers out something like that, um, it becomes polarized really quickly. But then when it turned to be really scary, like we had to go to the bunker, for example, then you're on the same surface again, like we're all humans. And the only thing we can do right now is comfort each other. And then it goes all back to kind of like we're friends and we have to support, support each other and you leave everything, like all your beliefs aside kind of. Um, so it's really interesting how that switches and how critical situations can influence us on such a like deep level because they bring us from being friendly with each other to going back to you know what I believe in to actually realizing okay I can't do anything about this right now and I have to support my friend um, and it fluctuated you know like we were stuck all together here uh, we learned so much about each other and we have this one extreme unique extremely unique experience that we share and I think we will always remember which is that we spent a year uh, together in a boarding school one of the only ones that was open during a pandemic and also during a war. Can you share with us a little bit what happens uh, when a terror attack or um, something is What's taking place now? in Israel? Like we're experiencing a very tough month. What's the what's the atmosphere on the campus? Um, maybe I can talk a bit about that. Sure. So when the attacks started happening and we still didn't know what to do, what could happen, uh, the first solution that the school came up with that well, the students should stay protected and we should stay inside. And during those, uh, on the occurring time that the attacks were happening, we also had some school events called Culture Days. And it just happened to be that it was gonna be the Palestinian day and the Israeli day representing. Um, our Palestinian students uh, saw it reasonable and more safe for them that while the attacks were happening, they should not show any like, um, in, they should not show or actually do their culture day, as well as the Israelis in solidarity, both decided not to do their culture days because as our Palestinian students said, that when attacks like these happen or problems like these happen, Palestinians feel that even though they haven't done anything, feel that they should keep their head down, be quiet and stay calm in order, in order to avoid aggravations and everything. And I think that our student, like our campus in general was, 
very strong and was very helpful in those hard times for not only our Palestinian students, but also for our Israeli students, our internationals that were scared of these attacks because Israelis are scared that maybe their families have been hurt. God knows what happened. Palestinians are scared of what can happen next to their community, what's going to be said about them. Internationals are like the third point of view that are worried about both their Israeli friends, their Palestinian friends. They're also worried about themselves and what's going to happen in a place that they don't really know. But I think that we were all here for each other during like the hardships that came with the attacks. And just to quickly add, I kind of have a feeling because you mentioned the terror attacks and they were different from last year's May, a year ago actually. Um, and I kind of have a feeling because I never experienced an actual fight about it or an actual tension about it here. Of course, it was scary because we were not allowed to go outside in one time. Our friends were even outside and something happened in Tel Aviv. But inside, it was never a conversation topic in the sense that people blame each other. And I kind of feel like that that's like thanks to the atmosphere here that all of us know what happens a step further. Like you see in the news that... Um, there was a terrorist attack um, by a Palestinian person, for example, and then the army is involved and then police is involved and it's all black, it's all pretty much black and white. But here in this community, it feels very much different because we know that it's not something that represents a specific community and it's not something that you kind of turn into a tenacious situation or to turn into a fight. It's more that you have the knowledge beyond that um, to accept the fact that it's happening, that it's extremely painful but that it doesn't represent anyone. But out of which, so when you observe the situation, and I'm sure that I, you have more information than you had maybe before you came to the school. Um, can you come with any new ideas about a possible solution? I think, I don't know. I, lately I've been having many like political talks outside of MS. And with people with different opinions than me. And I think since coming to MS, my opinion changed completely and it kind of varied in many ways. I think I changed as a person. And I think with myself, I got to the realization that the solution is more about understanding rather than maybe agreeing or creating something new. Even though I think that if we can have, for example, two countries or one country together and we can get to the point where we can live together, I think it can be amazing. But I think for now, um, changes can happen on the personal level. If I, as an Israeli, understand that on the other side, for example, in the West Bank, there's a Palestinian that has feelings that um, it's their home too. I think coming to this understanding and realizing that we are all people and that we all have needs. We all have strong feelings about where we belong to and our family, maybe someone from our family got hurt, but it happens on both sides. And I think the solution can come more on an individual level at this point. Well, I listened to you and I asked myself, and I don't know if Tilly had the same experience and we are you know, different generations. When I grew up, nobody talked to me like this like you talk now. <laughs> Nobody was sitting with, I never heard it and I was in the youth movement and it was never, not, nothing was presented to me is, well, listen, there are people that have, whatever you say, they have feelings. We don't have to agree, but we just have to accept each other and just learn to live together, even if we don't agree. 
nobody ever gave me these values. I mean, I got them later, but uh, not uh, during school, not in the army. I think when we grew up, they didn't address those feelings. Those feelings no. were hidden and nobody yeah. put them on the table. The feelings that everybody were talking about was uh, building Israel, being uh, proud about right. being Israeli. Yeah. It's very different uh, after so many years of, uh, so many years of the way we live now uh, in occupation and also the world changed in other ways that you talked about more openly about your feelings. Yeah, so but nobody, really. but listen, you are young, right? So. When you grew up, before you came to Amis, people talked to you this way? I don't know where you came from or what school you came from before you came to Amis. Where are you from? Tel Aviv, where are you from? I, I'm from the North, so... Okay. Anybody I, talk I, I, to you like this in school? Like you have to understand them, there are people... Uh, I, don't, I don't think that like this very directly, but part of my life is like being in a shared community. I mean, I live next next to Arab villages. I'm familiar with people who are like different than me, even though I think we're very, very similar. I think that in school directly like this, no one ever talked to me. Yes, I think- we are. Yeah, I think it's more like specifically for me, I think I learned in a very special place. And even though it wasn't specifically understanding the other side or Palestinians, just understanding that people have different opinions than me is something that I like became very familiar as I grew up in the school I went to. But I think it is, it's a very special situation and I don't think it's talked about enough. I think we like to ignore what we don't see and because we don't necessarily always see what's happening in the West Bank or even inside Israel, Israel we don't necessarily always have these feelings about it. Right. But, but you, I have um, to say, but I okay, have to okay. say that when we started to address Israeli and Palestinian schools, because we wanted to do the simulations, basically I feel that we need to do simulations in every school, yes. and then everybody should participate right. in a yeah. process like that. That's basically the only, the only schools we could collaborate easily were specific schools or a, a department at the school that handled, you know with democracy, with politics, with stuff like that. Most schools, you cannot reach, you, they don't talk about it Why? till now. That's the system, that's the educational system, that's the society. It's still very preserved and very uh, outside of the school. And they don't, even if they talk about it, they don't really dig in and they won't volunteer the, the process. So from that point of view, we are still very limited. Yeah, very limited. Tell me yeah. something. So you girls from from Europe, right? All of you, Czech, Albania, and half German. Okay. So when you go back to your country, so you don't have Palestinian Jews, you know, Israeli Jews and stuff, but you have other conflicts. You have a lot of immigrants, right? You have a lot of people who are, you know, foreign to your. You didn't grow up in your country. Are you going to, the, you know, to put what you what you got from Amis when you go back home? Are you going to put this understanding in trying to uh, have more conflict resolution in your own country? Is it possible? Uh, I I can talk about my experience. So growing up, Albania is not the most accepting country 
if it comes to any sort of identity like LGBTQ, uh, race, ethnicity, uh, any sort of identity you identify with. So all the time growing up, there will be talks from your parents, from your teachers that, hey, for example, me and a, and a black kid, we're not the same. They say that I'm better, the black kid can be a criminal, can be dangerous, can be any sort of negative thing that you can think of. And growing up, I had this sort of stigma that, why is it this way? Like another child is the same as me and their ethnicity, their identity, it doesn't really matter. We're both humans. So I never felt really comfortable in the environment that I was raised in. So I always was insecure about the opinions that I had that we're all we're equal, we're the same. And I didn't understand why there would be these racial or like these identity uh, borders that we have between. And that's also the reason why I came to Emmys because I saw it as an opportunity where I could see people that had the same ideas as me, where I wouldn't feel insecure or uncomfortable to talk about my ideas of equality and our, my ideas of like resolutions with identities to other people and be backlashed with negativity and saying, but no, we're not the same. there's differences. But yes, of course there's differences, but those differences should not limit our relationships and our connections that we have with people. So that's why I came to Emmys in the first place. I established very good connections with people from all over the world, with different identities, with different nationalities and everything else. So going back home, I feel that I will be much more confident in my opinions and also sharing them. And I won't be afraid to even teach other people positivity and patience, even though they can hit me with a lot of backlash and a lot of negativity that's saying, no, I still don't understand. It's a very hard process for people who've been raised with these negative ideas about identities. So I will be patient because I know it's a hard process to do that. So that's what I want to bring back home. Yeah, but, but you know, just to the, the four of you. So when you look at the Palestinians and the Israelis, and well, it's basically you three because you are an Israeli. Um, let's face it, there is um, different uh, power kind of uh, dimension. You know, the Israelis are, you know, the conquerors, they are the strong one. And you have the Palestinians who can be very strong as people, but they are in disadvantage, right? Whether they are Israeli Arabs or Palestinian from the West Bank. So when you, do you feel this uh, discrepancy between the people, the way they are positioned in, in each society, you know, in, in the other society? You know, you understand my question? Mm, I think, like, personally, because I grew up in Germany, for example, and I, if I, developed some sort of you know like identity questioning when I came here because I always identified myself as Israeli and it was very strong because not living here it was super easy to say you know there's Israel and it's my country but then you don't really encounter the problems so coming here I started realizing that it's a much 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 bigger issue than I understood because my only source was my family um, and not the actual situation I never felt what it's like to live here but then at the same time I can't really I still don't really understand um the dynamics because I grew like I lived in MS for two years and MS is a different place than Israel it's like a microcosm yeah. and mm -hmm. experience everything from a completely different lens even though you live here and some things are you know felt and are visible 
the community and the dynamics you're around are completely different so it's kind of it's still hard for me to understand exactly how the um what the power dynamics are girls how hopeful you are for the situation in the middle east yes this is the most important question i think um I don't know. I think uh, I think when I first came, I was in some ways hopeful, but also quite skeptical because, um, you know, I felt like it's something that has been going on for a really long time and it hasn't really found a resolution. And um, it's sort of stuck at this like status quo that, you know, sort of fluctuates, but it doesn't seem like there was much of a path, path forward um, sort of in recent years. And at the same, but then when I came to MS, I think um, I became more hopeful because in my time here, I saw changes in like Israel's relationship um, towards Palestinians and also like Israel's, you know, changes in Israeli politics in general and leadership and also like Israel's relationship to other Middle Eastern countries, right? So like, and other, I think, countries in general around the world, right? Like now it has relations with um, Morocco, which it didn't have when I first came to MS as a student. And now, you know, it has relationship with the UAE, which it didn't have before. And so um, I think, you know, it's very frustrating to be stuck in the status quo and it's really easy to feel like nothing will change. And yet while I've like during my time here in these three years, so many things have already shifted. So, so I do think, you know, it's possible. Like this is what sort of gives me hope that like, you know, all those people who worked on those projects, on that diplomacy, on building those relationships, it was probably a really long process and they probably faced a lot of setbacks as well. And it's still not easy. And yet, you know, they did manage to create some kind of change. So, you know, if, if that can happen, then I suppose like it is possible to create some sort of changes. So do you, the rest of you, do you believe also like, huh? did you become more optimistic or? I think I just had this like really quick thought after you asked the question and it was that my, my idea or my hope always fluctuated. It's, it always depends on the situation, but then I thought about it and I think that the fact that a place like MS exists and it functions and it properly functions is already like kind of a promise that it is possible. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen anytime soon, but that it is possible that coexistence is possible and Maybe that right. moving forward is possible. Mm -hmm. You keep saying it all the time. And it's not only that the this place proves it, it's that all the people that live here and all the people that experienced studying here they have been proven that it works. Like we experienced it with our own, you know, like minds and bodies that it is possible. And if you have 200 people, like 120 people every year that join and join and join, and then the networks gets bigger, you spark like some kind of hope in everyone. And I think um, it's a very, you know, small part, but to me, it's proven that it's definitely possible, possible that something can, you know, move into that Do you direction. think that the Palestinian students share your thoughts, your feelings about it? I hope so. I'm, I, I, I have a lot of Palestinian friends, but I cannot tell if from their position, they share the exact same mindset because they have a completely different background and completely different experiences. And I respect that. And I will never come near to that. Like I, I could never come close to to um, experience. experiences. 
but the dynamics that you feel here and what people kind of learn through here and for each one it's individual some people don't agree with it and some people still don't like it but the ones who do experience having an Israeli roommate or living with internationals and kind of teaching internationals uh, how to be sensitive in the situation um, there's definitely some kind of um, hope I think yeah girls what's next for you well Mika we know you go to the army I still have another year here so next is the army but Sarah what's next for you for me um, I'm going to university at the end of August beginning of September something like that uh, in Normandy, it's a political science school called called Sciences Po, Sciences Politique. Um, I'm going to be studying political science and economics. Um, yeah, and so that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, it's also a really uh, interesting program, and I think MS has really prepared me for it. And also working at the Charney. Actually, I um, I already got into the university last year, but I requested um, like a deferral from the university to be able to work with the Charney here um and i think it was definitely worth it i think you know it's really relevant to what i'm going to be studying and what i want to do afterwards um so yeah that's great okay and you girls um i will be doing a gap year next year because ah. i just realized that the smartest thing i can do is take a year and and try things or just like physically experience um some things and i'm applying for some internships right now also specific to politics. One is, for example, in Jerusalem here, um, and I'll see how that will go, and then I will apply to university next year. Okay, and you were there. Yeah, I'm also planning to take a gap year, and uh, I've already planned out what I will do, basically. I'll take some internships back home, and I'll apply for some internships in Italy as well, but I was also like interested to continue working or having connections with the Charney Center. I also talked with Sari about that, because like be attending the peace simulation when I was in 11th grade, then organizing it when I'm, I'm graduating. And it sort of feels like this experience is sticking with me and I've created like emotional ties to it almost. And I wanna take it back home as an opportunity for like not only solving the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, but solving conflicts and issues in general. Like, as I mentioned before, like with the identity issues that I mostly face at home, I want to make something possible for people who probably had the same issues with me expressing their opinions about equality and peace talks in general. I want to give them a safe space where they can talk about it. And maybe even if one person comes out of those activities that I hope to organize, comes out with the idea that, hey, now I'm confident in my opinions and I'm ready to spread them with other people, then that's already an accomplishment that are going. Well, I believe in you girls and I believe in all the guys in the in Emmys because they're really, I, you know, I always feel that even only one or two or three of you will carry something on and it will pop out in many years ahead. We're doing well. So this is really a... It was great to not only to meet you, but to listen to you. And you actually are pointing the direction if schools and the Ministry of Education everywhere will not adapt those ideas that we were talking about and start from an early age, you know, then I don't know how much will change. But if you will be able to point 
the direction, you know. I was surprised when you said that you cannot go to every school. It's really... No, it, it's, it's not. It, listen, the atmosphere is very different than what right. we think because right. we believe in different things. But um, I think that... Um, all, all the students and all the graduates, uh, they really care for what's going on and uh, they take it in, into heart and into action. And uh, over time, things always change eventually at one point. And I always tell them that if, even if they only become involved citizens or voting citizens and even take leading positions or educational positions we're in good hands yes so this is great what can i tell you thank you guys it was really nice to um, meet you you know you all know each other but i came from the outside and i'm overwhelmed and we'll hold fingers all of yes. us Okay, okay, take care, wait, we'll see, we're coming back next week with yes, different inspiring you. people like you, I hope, uh, and take care, yep. great to meet you. Bye, see bye you bye. next week, everybody. Mm -hmm.